Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are back once more in the Gessema Sundays. Septuagesima basically means about 70 days, about 70 days until Easter. The three Gessema Sundays mark a pre-Lent season in the church year that is distinct to the one-year lectionary. It is a period in which the grace of God is focused on, and this week, the simple fact that grace is undeserved. In the collect, we prayed, O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We cried out to God that he would deliver us by his mercy and grace, nothing else. Mercy can be a difficult thing for sinners to understand and receive. It is difficult because the first thing sinners want to do is defend their sin, the the offense that they have caused. This starts in our own minds where we play games and seek to justify our thoughts and actions. It starts with the basic mental argument, everyone else is doing it. Well, some anyway are, so it's okay for me to do it too. It also sounds like this, but look, I'm not like them. I'm far better, do more, I'm worth more. And it easily becomes, what need of grace do I have? I need no grace. And it is we who justly suffer the consequences of our sin. We need to repent and seek the forgiveness, grace, and mercy that come from God through Christ. Jesus explains this in our gospel text, Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard, or for his vineyard. It is important to note that this passage is from, is a continuation of Jesus' teaching in the previous chapter. There he has spoken about the difficulty of a rich person that they will have in entering the kingdom of heaven, the whole easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle thing versus a rich man entering heaven. This after the rich young man has gone away sorrowful. Jesus had told him that in order to be perfect, he needed to sell all that he has and give it to the poor, then follow Jesus. The disciples are left wondering, who can be saved? Jesus reassures them with the words, with man this is impossible, But with God, all things are possible. Then their wheels start turning. And Peter speaks to Jesus for the group. See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Well, the parable Jesus is now teaching goes on. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. And going out about the third hour, this would be about 9 a.m. with the first group sent out at 6 a.m. He saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and to them he said, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out again about, going out again about the sixth hour, which would be noon, and the ninth hour, about 3 p.m., he did the same. And at about the eleventh hour, about 5 p.m., With an hour of daylight left to work, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, 
Why do you stand here idle all day? The accusation of their being idle all day is a bit of a direct contrast to the agreement made early in the morning with the first group. They were to be laboring for a full day. The all-day idle ones give a reason. Because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last, up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. You know what's going on here, right? Here in the minds of the ones hired early, at dawn, Oh, this is going to be great. Look what they're getting paid for an hour's work, and we've been here all day. Twelve hours. Oh, we're in for the good stuff. Now, when those hired came first, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, interesting, they're arguing and he's friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Leading into this parable, Jesus had answered the disciples' question that was voiced by Peter. See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus told them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Boom. You guys will be there on the last day, the resurrection taking part in the judgment at my side. It had to be an impossibility to grasp what was being given. Possibly it was like telling a child they had won the grand prize at the fireman's fair. You remember those? You know, small town, volunteer, fire department. They have a carnival, the annual fair that raises money for a new piece of equipment or for charity. You give a buck or two out of your little plastic wallet and get a ticket and you win a prize. A grand prize, possibly a thousand or two thousand dollars. A child can't comprehend two grand. And what they really wanted was the new bicycle worth only eighty-nine dollars in the first place. Then Jesus says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. All who have lost and given up left what seemed like everything, jobs, family, home, relationships, for the sake of Jesus, will receive great reward, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. Did you notice it is reversed at the end of the parable of the laborers in the vineyard? He then says, so the last will be first, and the first last. All receive equally, the mercy that flowed out of the hand of the master of the house. Beyond the first group, there was no discussion or agreement of what was to be earned. They simply went, worked in the vineyard, opened their hands at the end of the day, and received what the master gave them out of his mercy and his grace. 
The workers that were hired first did the earthly, human, sinful thing and complained about receiving what was agreed to. Imagine if this happened at Amazon or Walmart or where you work. Can you hear yourself? Oh, come on, you know I've worked longer and harder than them and you give them the same wage, the same earnings you gave me. Well, there would be lawsuits, the Twitter box would be exploding, and the first column of Drudge and Politico headlines, that's all you'd see. All because of generosity. Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. The kingdom of heaven is all upside down and backwards to the way of our sinful minds thinking. We want a reward. We want to earn it. We want a piece of that glory and attaining what the master gives to those he calls and sends. I find it interesting that the next reading in Matthew, after the one appointed for today, is one which Jesus predicts his coming passion. And here we are at Septuagesima talking about undeserved grace and mercy. Here's another reversal for you. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified and will be raised on the third day. The master of the vineyard, that is Jesus, will do all the real work for the disciples, for you, and for I. He will suffer and leave all His glory for us poor sinners. Jesus, the innocent, punished for the wicked. We will all inherit the kingdom of heaven, having been purchased with a price far greater than the labor of the day or of a lifetime of days. But Jesus, look, see, we have left everything and followed you. What will we have? Peter, the disciples, you and I, we have no idea what everything is. We are like a child, and we often want the glory of what might be in this life. Like a child, we want the shiny new bike and cannot comprehend the one or two thousand dollars or the glory we have been promised, the eternity that awaits us in the presence of our Lord. It is Jesus who gave up everything, becoming cursed on a cross to win for us eternal life in heaven, and we cannot fully understand this either his suffering, his humiliation, separation from the Father, and a cursed death. And he gives all the glory of his resurrection to us freely by faith. He gives it freely. He gives it us faith to believe in him through the power of the Holy Spirit and baptism like we saw today. Nothing Vivian could do to say, oh, I believe we had sponsors that spoke for her that she trusted in this faith, that she heard God's Word and has faith. And He gives His faith through the Word, and He strengthens it and keeps us in the faith through the gift of His sacrament. He freely gives more than we can imagine or see with our sinful, fallen human eyes. Then He daily calls us into the vineyard to work in our vocations, to do the good works He has given us to do and plan for us before time and creation. Not that we might earn eternal life, but so His Holy Spirit can be at work in and through all believers to bring faith in Christ to all the elect. 
It happens in ways we will not understand until the last day. It happens because grace abounds in the kingdom of heaven that is in Christ. Christ is the one calling, sending into the vineyard, and paying, giving out of His gracious mercy, based thankfully not on what we think we are owed, because we never could nor ever will be able to earn for ourselves what is freely given by God. And that is faith in Christ Jesus and eternal life in Him. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of Your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by Your goodness to the glory of Your name, through Jesus Christ, Your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with You in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.